0: Richard. Did they want to call you Richard? My father called me Richard. Not many others, though. And I'm glad about it. I don't know. Richard has a, a regal sound that I don't think I ever lived up to. I don't think I was Richard. Enough. I'll tell you what, I'm glad I wasn't, though. A derivative of Rick or Richard would be Dicky. Hmm. Dickie's not particularly good. And I did consider in the early days of music a stage name Dicky Bad, with with, two, with Ds. two Ds, two Ds, yeah. What do you think of that one?
1: Well, I was noticing on your T-shirt today that you're you're sporting the Fixx.
0: You know what, Pete? This is an old T-shirt, and I now know what it's like to be a sausage because I can't really fit into this anymore. <laughs> what do you What are you wearing?
1: As fast as... What is that? The defunct band out of Portland, Maine.
0: Were they good? They were good. What kind of stuff?
1: Ah, Power pop, rock, Weezer meets Wings, as they described themselves.
0: I would love to hear that. Can you still hear them? Yeah, you can find them around still. Uh I'll look at that. You know why I picked the fix? I don't. Because I am so smart about music that at the dawn of New Wave... There were three bands that, among several bands that started, three that particularly resonated at a, at a same point in time with MTV and stuff, um, were Big Country. You remember Big Country? I do. The Fix, and a, and a band called U2. Of the three, I assure you I knew that Big Country would be the biggest band in the world. Because of the bagpipes? Yeah, well, they weren't bagpipes. Those were guitars. But oh. Not? Yeah. Uh, very distinct, unique sound. No, I don't think there was ever ro- a rock band that sounded like big country, but I knew they were going to be huge, and I still believe the fix should have been huge. I guess they were moderately big, but I thought U2 was not going to be as big as either one of those. So, do you know where I was? On November 23rd, 1987.
1: Passed out on a hotel room floor? <laughs> no.
0: That's a reasonable, educated guess on your part. But uh, Nick Shannon, who was the singer in Safety and Numbers with, uh, with me, and I were at Tarrant County Convention Center to see you, two on the Joshua Tree Tour. Oh, cool. It's the 30th anniversary. And... I know that album is a big deal with you.
1: Uh, well, it's not so much a big deal with me. I think it's a big deal with a lot of people I know. A- and I, I came to U2 a little bit later. My first experience with them was my my uncle bought me a cassette of ak Baby. Yeah. A- and I think maybe I was aware of U2 before that. Like, I think I remember the the music video for I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Yeah but sort of so i kind of got pushed back t- to the joshua tree cuz i remember thinking like octune baby was a really cool album and then everybody everybody's response to that was but the joshua tree but the joshua tree
0: yeah huh well and so you ended up liking the joshua tree
1: yeah yeah and i've reading about their uh th- their re-release of the album and going on a joshua tree tour now i've gone back and revisited it and I mean while the the first couple songs g- were in heavy radio and MTV rotation I don't think I ever got r- really sick of them or maybe if I did coming taking some time away from them and coming back to them I, I mean those I feel like th- I'd be hard pressed to find another four consecutive songs on an album that are that are a lot better than those four
0: Okay that that's interesting to me because uh, we were talking a little bit about this yesterday, and I said it's cool to hear your perspective from someone younger that went back to discover Joshua Tree. where I was around for uh, boy and war in October, and yesterday just off the top of my head I told you I thought particularly uh, boy in October meant more to me. I've thought about it since we talked. Joshua Tree is a pretty damn good album, but you know what I don't like is the songs that lead it off. I thought Where the Streets Have No Name just meandered on and on. I know it was a huge hit. It just went on and on. I thought In God's Country was the best song on that record. And then there was a B-side that didn't actually go out on the record. It's one of my favorite Sue songs ever, Spanish Eyes. And... I, I didn't come across that till much later when they were saying, well, here's some B sides that we left off, and I was like, why the hell would you leave this off? That is a, that's an incredible song, but you know, I, I don't know, but when so I her- I, s- I heard sorry. from
1: my friend Michelle who would agree with you, so we, she and I are about the same age, and she got into Joshua Tree because her friend's older brother had a copy of it, and she said the same thing that she always skipped past the first three tracks yeah. and then listen to tracks like four through 15 and those were sort of the soundtrack of, of her years growing up.
0: Yeah, I, I I mean, everybody likes what they like and, and there's certainly you couldn't get any bigger hits than, as you said, the way they led that album off. But I, I just really liked In God's Country and that got some airplay. Uh, but then when I heard Spanish Eyes, I was like, this is some, how do you leave that off a record and i i don't
1: know so, so I, mean, I guess the takeaway is if everybody can find something in u2 that they really like and they and they've been going strong now for 35 yeah. 40 years i mean are we i kind of feel like if you to list the biggest most successful bands of my lifetime anyway that u2 has got to be up at about the top of that list hard I, to argue with that i don't love a lot of their new their new music yeah but to stay relevant and popular i mean for for that amount of time is really an accomplishment
0: it is and you know they're one of those bands and and i guess who would you throw in uh from that era that was as big maybe guns and roses uh obviously a different style of music yeah certainly some hip-hop acts but like um, who's still
1: who's still around? That I mean had had a yeah. huge album in 1987.
0: Yeah, I, I totally get it, and I think I think it's it is amazing that they are not one of those. You could you could sit there and make the same. A lot of artists do. I think Bon Jovi, who's got a new album out, and will be at Mohegan Sun here in a couple of weeks. Huge band, huge, but he sort of just does the same thing over and over and over again. Bands like you two are constantly reinventing themselves, and sometimes you like it, sometimes you don't. But that says a lot about about what their their art is. And I, I do I have to say that B.B. B. King was the opener on that tour, and I believe the night that uh, Nick and I saw them might have been the first time they ever did "When Love Comes to Town," which is sort of a neat footnote to history, and that. Context, but only much later did they were there two nights. I guess we sort of picked the wrong night in terms because it was a different set list, and it was more Rick loaded towards stuff I like. The the night I wasn't there, which is sort of funny in a weird sort of way. But so uh,
1: Alyssa chiming in on Facebook, yeah. Who so she saw them on the Joshua joshua tree tour at the Hartford civic center on bono's birthday incidentally oh. um, her favorite song on joshua tree was trip through your wires and I, i've heard from a couple other people who that was a, a big song for them too
0: that that and that is a, and they did do that the night uh that i saw them um was bb king well we don't well this is not was bb king opening on that
1: it was not this? it was lone justice opening for them i'm ah.
0: not familiar with lone justice yeah Marsha what was her name let us know, Alyssa. I remember Lone Justice. It was the Brother and Sister Act, I think. I don't know. So, in every article
1: I read about this new Joshua Tree tour, somewhere within the article it's mentioned this is not about nostalgia, and um, it, what, it what? made me sort of wonder what. Like, first of all, I mean, yes, it is, isn't you know, it? it had, and, and there's it had, nothing wrong with that. No, I, I think that. I feel like there's a. That people maybe the artists want to say that it's not about us capitalizing on nostalgia. On nostalgia. But I don't see, like it doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with that. Really, like that people love that people. That's important music to a lot of people, and they probably don't play it that much anymore. Um,
0: so it's it's cool that they're that they're going back to it. I mean, I, they t- I think they have that sort of intellectual artist construct that they don't want to be thought of as as coasting on their laurels or whatever there have been artists that said you know this is the last time i will ever play these hits like david bowie did that uh and then i'm he did a whole tour and said i'll never play these songs again and of course he did it what's i don't see what's wrong with saying we have this huge catalog of work and a lot of it's really damn good and What's wrong with observing an, a, an anniversary? You know, right? I, I don't. I don't see why they're. And we were talking yesterday about whether or not they were going to do the whole album. I think they might be doing it. We weren't sure whether they were, but so I had. I had read
1: that they were going to play every song on the album, oh, but right. not necessarily not, in yeah. order, and in more sort of thematic grouping and bringing in other material yeah. from around that time. Um one of the things that i've read that the members of u2 said was that they were really sort of inspired to write a lot of those songs f- by the political divisions in the united in America, states yeah. in the us during the reagan years right. a- and they feel like it's it's relevant again 30 years later a- and that's part of their reason for wanting to go back and and revisit the music
0: i mean it was it was so obvious the lyrics on the record when it came out and of course a lot of us felt that way anyway so again that's not nostalgia to me it's become everything's a cycle and politically it's it's very applicable to what they're doing so you know either way uh, uh have you seen them ever nope never seen them that was the uh, this is again old guy stuff but there used to be this little parking lot in uh Dallas at this strip center And there were two different rock clubs on the opposite side of the strip center. One was called Sneaky Pete's, and the one across from it was called Cardi's. Cardi's was a much bigger room, but we were loading out of Sneaky Pete's the morning after we had played there, and we'd pull across the parking lot past Cardi's to get on Northwest Highway, and they had the marquee up, and it said, Tonight, you two... And it's like, I think I've heard of them. This was, you know, when they were their first ever America tour. And there was a van out front with all these guys in front of it. And come to realize later that it was you 2 waiting to get in to the club. So that's, that makes me feel old. But weird. But other than that one time on, that, on the Joshua Tree tour, I haven't ever, and in the parking lot, <laughs> I, I haven't, I didn't see them. So I'd would be... you go this time?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd go. I mean, I've. I've always said, like, I'm not a huge... I'm not really excited to go to a big arena show. It's like, they're playing Foxborough Stadium, and it's... To me, it's not that appealing an experience to go sit thousands and yeah. thousands of feet away up in the, the cheap seats, and... and I, I just... I'm a big... I I enjoy music in, in a more intimate setting.
0: Plus, it's very... I mean, things have obviously gotten a lot, a lot better, uh, technically, but... Sounds not good at, at most of those outdoors.
1: Right, and, and I mean, there's so many other ways to consume live music now. Like, I'm, I, I'm sort of assuming that somewhere out there, they're going to, they're going to have a live stream of one of their shows, or you'll be able Probably. to get it on DVD or on demand on television. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, I'd I'd check that out. I'd be yeah. into that.
0: You know what else has happened in the past week that that makes me sad? You've got
1: another another death in the it's rock a big and roll death family. In a,
0: in chuck berry passed away at the age of 90 and uh that probably was before your time to that chuck would have resonated with you
1: i i think that my familiarity from f- with chuck berry is almost 100 percent from back to the future
0: yeah and i don't even remember what what happened in that what did he do so,
1: there? oh michael j fox comes out and, and plays Chuck Berry tune on guitar oh, okay. when he travels back to the 50s.
0: Oh, all right, and oh, yeah, that was a that was a clever construct. I and think. it was lost on me completely because yeah. I, it was just
1: right. I, I had I had no frame of reference for when that music came out.
0: I think I think it's fair to say that whether they even know it or not, young players today, every guitar-based rock band in the world has a huge debt. To Chuck Berry because of what is referred to as the Chuck Berry lick. It's this iconic thing he used to start a lot of his songs or variations thereof. Uh, he himself sort of fused that from guitarists like Charlie Christian or T-Bone Walker, uh, kind of jazz, little country blues. But it's if you're if you're going to be an Aerosmith or <laughs> the Beatles or the Stones or whatever, you mastered those licks. And he was a he. His songs were very repetitive, but they were, they were great, fun songs. And he's most one of the most underrated lyrical storytellers. I think Bob Dylan called him one of the greatest lyricists of all time, and that that's saying something, you know. And so, yeah, it's it's sad. It, uh, but he had a nice long life. Yeah, it's. I think the
1: the sort of sadness you feel when someone passes away at ninety years old after it a. a Long and influential career is is different f- from someone in, in, in the sort of David Bowie, prints who were, were still putting out good music and were right. closer to your age, yeah, and, and that kind of.
0: And I guess he does have an album coming out that he would had work, been working on for years that that'll be out in in June. But um, you know, Chuck Berry sort of stiffed me on an autograph once. <laughs> he did. Is there is there a, in,
1: popular musician out there that you didn't run into oh a lot of them uh
0: but i do have a lot of f- kind of fun fun stories that i bore people with and um uh, you know uh, well, i think
1: that's that's going to become one of the most uh the biggest draws to this podcast is to like see th- who rick will name drop this week
0: <laughs> well i was it's not a, a it wasn't a fun moment um that chuck didn't want to give me an autograph, but. But it is true that it, that it did happen. So it's he's a, he's one in a in a line that stretches to the horizon of people who gave me deservedly no respect. <laughs> hey, so tonight it's, you know, it's Thursday. The weekend launches. It does. People should leave work now. But speaking of this sort of legacy stuff, I think today is Aretha Franklin's birthday. I think it will be her seventy-fifth birthday, and she's at the Mohegan Sun Arena tonight. And this is her last tour. Does that mean anything to you? So, I, I guess I trust someone when
1: they're seventy-five years old when they say this is their last <laughs> yeah, tour. Yeah, this isn't Bowie because it's in it, a snit. It, it seems it seems like that's a common thing that a band will play their. Their final show, or their final tour, they'll break up and swear they'll never right. perform again. And, and out outside of of death and and failing health, ha- is there any band that has actually kept one of those promises?
0: Not that I know of. I mean, why, why would you? What are you gonna just sit around? What's better than being in a rock band?
1: Now, Aretha Franklin is a powerful, energetic performer, right? And, it, I don't know how energetic she well, is uh, and that's what I've. Because I mean, her her songs are really belted out. Belt it out,
0: yeah. I think she. I think tonight's concert, and I, I am going to be there, and I will review it for Saturday's paper. I think, to be honest, you have to to give her what she can do, A- and that's going to mean she's going to take some breaks. She's going to her back backing band will probably jam a little bit or play some some material and she sort of has to save it save it and and you know she'll get to the respect and that that stuff but um she's got to she got to pick and choose basically and and you as the fan uh have to understand that that's the limitation she's dealing with now and if you want to see this what i assume is going to be a i mean I I saw Glenn Campbell's farewell tour, and you knew that was going to be it because he had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And you walk into the arena knowing, with kind of a creepy feeling, like, is this something that he got pushed into by people who would like to have that income? And is it going to be embarrassing? And it wasn't. He He was great. His band was great. He made a few flub ups and was aware enough to make fun of it and roll with it. And I'm really, really glad I went. Aretha, obviously, thank God, doesn't have that situation, but but she is a powerhouse singer. And I, and I think we'll just see some ebb and flow tonight and, and you wait for the good moments and, and be patient with that. Well,
1: so I, this is a review then that I'll look forward to reading because I'll be interested to see what your take on the on yeah, performance was. Yeah, it's... it's,
0: it's uh, that will be my theory going in. I I don't expect a 40-year-old gospel powerhouse. And we're playing in her ballpark, so to speak, and we all know that. So sort of that's what your expectations are. So what else could I
1: find in, in today's night and day section? Man, there's a
0: lot. Here's, here's Aretha right here. Looking pretty good, really. For for a, a, a dame getting older... Um, the Eastern Connecticut Symphony continues their season Saturday night. It's a space theme with a lot of orchestral and cinematic uh, themes from motion pictures, Star Wars, that sort of thing. Um, there's a guy named Tom McDermott who is a pianist from New Orleans, who went down there from St. Louis, mastered the piano techniques of James Booker, Professor Longhair. Uh, artists like that fats domino and then sort of turned it on its side and made it his own he's an amazing player and he is going to be saturday at the first Cong- congregational church in old Lyme for a matinee show at five o'clock i'm never really sure why or how that happened but i think if you're not doing anything and you want to see someone that can can do something that's sort of been forgotten now, here's one that's that, that we'll close out on that is near and dear to you and me. If I said to you you were going to group maybe the three best rock and roll bands from New London, would you say Fatal Film, in no particular order, Straight to VHS, and Marvelous Liars would sort of all qualify?
1: But those, would, those would probably be my three picks, actually. Yeah, I,
0: I would have to say that's pretty much what I would say, too. And they are Friday at the Strange Brew Pub in Norwich, all three of them. Uh, That's going to be a really good show. It is going to be a really good show. And Marvelous Liars is headlining insofar as somebody's got to go last. I don't think there's any... Nobody would complain about the picking order. Uh, But they do have a new album coming out, and it's the first one, I believe, where they're really going to market it and take it beyond just regional club dates and try to push for it, so... So good for them. I, I suspect you will hear some of that. And, man, that's just three really good bands back to back to back. Absolutely. So so those are good Those are good picks, right? Those are very good picks. So I,
1: a, a closing question yeah. from Facebook before we go out. Can Bono still hit those
0: notes? Boy. I don't know. Do you think he can do Pride in the Name of Love? It it feels
1: like to me like they wouldn't go attempt it if he couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean that's that is something that I think always is really a bummer to go and see a musician twenty or thirty years later and have them be just completely unable to do the material. I've been to shows like that where it, it's. Yeah, th- the band was originally a trio, a- and it's just—it's the right. lead singer with a completely new backing band, and the players are amazing. Right. A- and the the lead singer just sounds like they're struggling through it. So I hope
0: it happens. A lot I-,
1: I hope that the Joshua Tree tour is not that. I
0: think you know that's almost a song. Well, you can't ignore that that tune. Uh, there are some artists that are really good about altering. The melody lines where you're still kind of true to what's going on but you're not going for it and just sounding like someone's stepped on a duck's neck or whatever (laughs) so i i don't know we'll see i i think i think he probably takes pretty good care of himself by this point in time but anyway it's thursday the weekend is here leave work now